It's time for the Haddock.com radio show. Haddock.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Haddock.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Basser Hour on this uh, second day of June, 2014. Who would have thought this year has gone by so fast? Uh, here we're here with uh, actually the host today. I'm playing co-host and uh, uh, Jay Basser and uh, stretcher technician. Uh, he's here with us, keeping everything on the straight and narrow. And uh, how, how well? How are you doing, John? Uh, how are you putting up with all this uh, BA stuff that uh, been jumping out of the woodworks? All over. I'm having to sit outside today, Gerald, and do this show in the beautiful backyard of the Basher Castle. Because if I was inside, I'd probably burn the house down. I'm so damn hot over it. Well, I don't doubt that. I'm telling you, it's a real mess. Uh, it's horrible. It, yeah. It's beyond description. Uh, <laughs> criminal activity and, and uh, I... Uh, from what I get the take of it, uh, they are, I believe, going to get the Justice Department involved. Uh, do you have that same uh, impression? Uh, yeah, we'll clarify that a little more as we go on in the show, Gerald, as to, as to what the recommendation stuff are going to be, because their first report's out, folks. The IG went in, nitpick, pick, nick, nitpicked, and they come out with a pretty good-sized report. Uh, we're going to cover that and discuss that report in detail during this show. Could be a little bit boring, but I'll try to keep it. Uh, I'll keep it as fun as possible. You know, I like keeping things fun, so at least people can't sleep because if you fall asleep, you won't sleep tonight. So just stay awake and stay with us. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, well, this this thing that this whole catastrophe is is such a mess. And we're just talking about the medical side of it. My land went in talking about the claim side or the field side yet, and mm-hmm. it's uh, every bit as bad. Well, they're trying. They already tried to uh, bury it under a uh, another news story that broke here the last couple of days about that uh, one dude being released and those five uh, terrorists being released to make the trade for that one dude. Well, I was afraid that was going to happen as soon as a news story come along. It was all going to pounce on it, and it looked like they have. Uh, well, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I'm so disappointed. I'm hoping there's enough people in, in the Congress uh, serious uh, about this this whole, whole setup, uh, the whole scheme of things that uh, they're serious about getting to the bottom of it and and actually getting it straightened out. It's true. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, it's uh, they're going to be as serious as they can be, you know, to get her straightened out. Um, of course, they try to, you know, they're trying to get some of the heat off to focus on the, or deflecting the story just to another issue, you know, because but they're just really digging, digging, digging because I mean they set uh, five terrorists free and. Uh, then uh, they traded him for that one dude. I guess he'd been captive since what? 
to seven years is what he'd been captive uh, over there. At least five years, I know they said. Yeah, so. And uh, but, we, we still don't have the circumstances of, of him being in captivity uh, resolved. Uh, maybe I'm sure the Washington uh, White House will have by now. Uh, well, the folks in his unit saying he's a deserter, so. Uh, yes, sir, they are. And There's some fishy stuff going on. I wouldn't trade uh, I wouldn't trade a worm for a deserter. I wouldn't either. And and uh, let's hope that didn't happen. Uh, right. But if it did, there's some mighty wrongdoings going on. Um, Are you ready to party, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> let's party. Yeah, it's party. Folks, when these IGs, when the Inspector General does a uh, investigation... The first thing they come out with is they give you a list of acronyms and abbreviations. So you can read the investigation and refer to the list as to what they're saying. I think Congress called this double talk the other day in the hearings, didn't they, Gerald? <laughs> yeah, they sure did. And, and you know, they have a bunch of acronyms that apply to two or three different items. I mean, you know, an acronym not necessarily mean one thing. And you know what a seatbelt is? A CBOC. Yeah. What's a CBOC? It's a community-based outpatient clinic. Oh, that's a CBOC. Right. And if you're a veteran, especially in Phoenix, and you're supposed to be on an EWL and wasn't on the EWL, then you part of the you you you're you're a victim. EWL is called an electronic waiting list wait list. Yeah. Then they got FY. We know what that means, but they're saying fiscal year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 they are. And the GAO is the Government Accountability Office. They got the HAS, it's the Health Administration Service. <laughs> they got the HCS, the healthcare system. And they got the HVAC, which HVAC for me means air conditioner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're calling it the House Veterans Affairs Committee. <laughs> oh, my land. Nope, and they got the NEAR, N-E-A-R. That's, that's not opposite of FAR. It's a new enrollee appointment request. <laughs> the OIG, you know what that means. Yeah. Office General. A PCMM is a primary care module, management module. They got a PDF, portable document format, which is Adobe. They got the VA, Veteran Affairs, the VHA, Veterans Health Administration, and VISTA, Veterans Health Information Systems and Technology Architecture. There's two ones missing here. One's called the VBA. That's the Veterans Benefit Administration. I guess it's not part of the report. That's probably, uh, that, that's probably, that's probably the next scandal, Gerald. Yeah, that'd be the next scandal. Uh. Now... Let me put this in here. No, no. <laughs> they still put the uh, acronyms in here, but they stay, but they spelled them out too. So I think. Well, at least they did do that. I mean, can we get a copy of that put on hat? It's already on there. Oh, it's already on there. Yeah, that was put on there by some guy named Basser. Oh, that was put on there by uh, Basser. Well, you're yeah. Basser. <laughs> well, I got me time. Thank you, Mister Basser. Uh, no. Uh, we did need them on there because I get mixed up pretty easy. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if age has anything to do with it or not, but 
if they go uh, saying, uh, FY, I'm liable to get, get angry at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this report provides an overview of the ongoing review of the Phoenix Healthcare System, HCS. It identifies the allegations we've substantiated to date and provides recommendations that VA should implement immediately, if not sooner. Allegations that the Phoenix HCS included gross mismanagement of VA resources and criminal misconduct by VA senior hospital leadership, creating systemic patient safety issues and possibly wrongful deaths. While our work is not complete, we have substantiated that significant delays in access to care negatively impacted the quality of care at this medical facility. Yeah. That there says a lot, Gerald. Yeah, it does. So boom, boom, chocolate like a pop, boom, boom. Okay, let's see what's going to happen now. The issues identified in the current allegations are not new. Since 2005, the VA Office of the Inspector General, or OIG, has issued 18 separate reports that identified at both the national and local levels deficiencies in scheduling resulting in lengthy waiting times and the negative impact on patient care. As required by the Inspector General Act of 1978, each of the reports listed were issued to the VA Secretary and the Congress and is publicly available on the VA OIG website. These reports are identified in Appendix D of this report. Here's what they did. They initiated the review in response to the allegations first reported to the OIG hotline and expanded it at the request of the VA Secretary and the Chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, HVAC, the air conditioning dude. Following an HVAC hearing on April 9, 2014, the hearing was on delays in VA medical care and preventable veterans' deaths. Since receiving those requests, we have received other congressional requests, including those submitted by the chair and ranking member of the following committees and subcommittees, the House Veterans Affairs Committee ranking member, the Subcommittee on Oversight Investigations, the House Appropriations Committee, House Appropriations Subcommittee and military on, on Military Constructions, the Veterans Affairs and Related Agencies, the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, the Senate Appropriations Committee, Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Military Constructions, Veterans Affairs and Related Agencies. In addition, we have received a question from Senators John McCain, Jeff Lake, Diane Feinstein, Charles Grassley, Tom Udall, Udall, whatever, Michael Bennett, and Christian Simna and Jack Kingston. <laughs> We also have requests from a number of Texas House members specific to facilities in Texas. So Texas is wanting to know what's going on in Texas. Yeah, Texas has problems of their own with the VA. They're bigger in Texas because things are big in Texas. Yeah, uh, things are big <laughs> in Texas. Even their problems are big. Uh, right. Now, so, due to the... 
Due to the magnitude and broad range of these issues, of the issues, we're conducting a comprehensive review requiring an in-depth examination of many resources of information necess necessitating access to records and personnel, both within and external to VA. VA is a veteran administration. We are using our combined expertise in audit, healthcare inspections, and criminal investigations, along with our institutional knowledge of the VA programs. Uh, I don't think the IG can do criminal investigations, Joe. Wasn't that brought up in the Roberts case? I believe it was brought up in the Roberts case. Yeah. So if they have a criminal investigation going on, they need to have the FBI or the, or at least the attorney the attorney's office working with. Them. Well, I believe don't the, the attorney general uh, Eric Holder have to order some? Well, you know his last name. Huh? You know his last name. Holder. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> I don't know what he's waiting on. I don't know, you know. Uh, guys, remember something, first of all. Um, you know, it is what it is. This stuff's been going on for a long time. The veterans always get the short end of the stick on stuff like this. And the main reason being that they do is because politicians listen to this stuff and they listen and listen and listen. They have committee meetings and hearings. The Senate's a six-year appointment and the House is a two-year appointment. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So this organization has been so good at delaying stuff. They've delayed, denied veterans for years. I know some veterans have taken 15, 16 years to get the even get the service connection in. So these guys are the experts at delaying. And so they're good enough to delay something right through the entire congressional period. You know, with double talk and things like that, and then once the oh, once the Congress is gone, they got a new and they start over again. That's exactly right, and that's what's wrong with the system. Uh, mm -hmm. They know they have, all they have to do is sit on it a couple of years, and it's all swept under the rug. It is. It is swept under the rug. I mean, it's just uh, you know, they they do make some. Uh, you know, the IG does a really good job of making recommendations and things like that. They're more. To me, this is more of a quality assurance, you know, check anyways, which I'll get in that later on, you know, and uh, we'll try to get a fix in here. But I'm sure they're going to listen to us, you know. We're just veterans. So, but uh, a detailed assessment of the information obtained from the Phoenix Healthcare System medical records and its business practices require a full understanding of VA's current and historical policies and procedures as well as current practices, facts, and circumstances relating to these serious allegations. We have and will continue to conduct comprehensive interviews of numerous individuals to evaluate the many allegations, determining their validity, and if appropriate, assign individual accountability. Well, they've already done it. They fired some folks, haven't they? Uh, I believe they did. They, didn't they fire that one lady? They did. I, they I took the bonus away from her. And uh, that's the first time I've heard of something like that, but they actually they claim they took her bonus away. Congress gave them the power, the secretary, the power to go ahead and start firing senior-level people. Well, uh, he should have started about 10 years ago or when he well, first took office. Back then it wasn't uh, in the eye as much as it is now. And you know how you got to make hay by the sun shines? Yeah. Well, it's shining, it's shining bright right now. They need to be making hay. Now, they need to be getting it anyway. Despite the number of allegations, each individual allegation is nothing more than an allegation. 
Okay. We are charged with reviewing the merits of these allegations and determining whether sufficient, credible, factual evidence exists to meet the standards required by applicable laws and regulations to hold VA or specific individuals accountable on the basis of criminal, criminal, civil, or administrative law and regulations. Okay, this is late April. The OIG assembled a multidisciplinary team comprised of board-certified physicians, special agents, auditors, and healthcare inspectors from across the country to address the numerous allegations at this and other facilities. Since the Phoenix HES story broke in the national media, they received allegations of similar issues regarding manipulated waiting times at other healthcare VHA medical facilities through the OIG hotline from members of Congress, VA employees, veterans, and their families in the media. I think there was 42 other uh, health care yeah. agencies, wasn't there? They're, yeah, they're digging into them, but it's hard to get a list of that, though. I've tried, believe me. Yeah, they, but, for whatever <clears throat> reason, they don't want to put the names out. Yeah. Uh, what and, sticks out here, Joe? Huh? What sticks out here? Well, it sticks out that it's still a big cover-up. I mean, why in the world would they be afraid to put the names out? Uh, oh, here, you got people from the inside raising hell about it. You got VA employees right calling the hotline. Yeah. Okay. That's Veterans true. are calling the hotline, and the media's checking into it. Guys, if you got some VA employees uh, spilling some beans on some folks, it's probably, I would say, unless it's a vendetta thing, I'd say, I would say you've got a pretty, pretty, pretty fair chance of finding something. Uh, I would agree. I, yeah. I believe some. Uh, working for the VA has seen the light and realized rather than be a party to some of the shenanigans that's been going, you know, been pulled on the veterans, uh, rather than be a party into that, uh, they're going to speak up and uh, seek uh, at least whistleblower status, and let's hope they, they're able to. Uh, that would be a shame someone stepped forward and not be protected under the whistleblower status. Well, they've opened up reviews at other VA medical facilities to determine whether scheduling practices are were in use that did not comply with the VHA scheduling policies and procedures. It says clearly there's a national there are national implications associated with inappropriate non-compliant scheduling practices, including the impact on patient care and lack of data integrity. Uh, the veterans who utilize the VA's healthcare system deserve quality care in a timely manner. Therefore, it's necessary that the information relied upon to make mission critical management decisions regarding the demand for vital healthcare services must be based on reliable and complete data throughout the VA's healthcare networks. And that's true. It's important to note that the information in this report is a dynamic is dynamic and changes may occur as our review progresses and so their team was directed to focus on two fundamental questions. Did the facilities electronic wait list purposely omit the names of veterans waiting for care? And if so, at whose direction? So who told them to do it? Good question. And number two, were the deaths of any of these veterans related to delays in health care? That's the well, bottom that's line. Well, that's where your uh, justice department would have to come in and do their 
and do their stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah, they have to come in and do their investigation. Which I, I would say, without a doubt, bit, they're going to find that. Yeah, I want to say. I want to say some folks are probably going to go to the Hooskow on this deal, Gerald. I would say some need to go to the Hooskow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they deployed yeah. rapid response teams. They are not providing advance notice of when they come in. They're busting the door down and going in. That is big. That means they're yep. taking it serious. That usually means that, oh, the IG's coming next week. We better get ready. Uh-huh. Till, uh-oh, the IG's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 42 VA medical facilities have been identified. They've identified is the manipulation of VA data that distorts the legitimacy of reported waiting times. Okay. Hmm. This tells me somebody is cooking the books. Somebody had a bright idea of how to make them look good to get more bonus money. And it spread like wildfire. Yes, it did. So. And I tell you what, those that received bonuses over the years should be made to pay them back. Pay them back with hard labor. They're going to make little rocks out of big ones with a sledgehammer. Put them on a chain gang. Our review at the Phoenix Healthcare System includes the following actions. Interviewing the staff with direct knowledge of patient scheduling practices and policies, including scheduling clerks, supervisors, patient care providers, management staff, and whistleblowers who have stepped forward to report these allegations. Collecting and analyzing voluminous reports and documents from VHA information technology systems related to patient scheduling and enrollment. Obtaining and reviewing VA and non-VA medical records of patients who died or whose deaths occurred while on a waiting list. Revisiting performance standards and ratings of the senior staff. Reviewing past and new complaints to the hotline, IG hotline, IG on delays and care as well as those complaints shared. Reviewing other documents and reports relevant to these allegations, including administrative boards of investigations reports reviewed by the conduct of the office of medical inspector. Reviewing over 550,000 email messages and documents extracted from over 50 gigabytes of collected mail. Ooh, that's a lot. <clears throat> that's, in addition, imaging and reviewing 10 encrypted computers and devices for over 140,000 network files. Hmm. Says our reviews are grow- have had a growing number of VA facilities have provided insight to the current extent of the inappropriate scheduling of the inappropriate scheduling practices issues throughout the VA healthcare system, and have confirmed that inappropriate scheduling practices are systemic throughout the VA. You know what that means? That means it's it's nationwide. System wide, systemic. <clears throat> One challenge these reviews is to determine whether these practices exist currently or were used in the past and subsequently corrected by the managers. Okay, to the date of this report, our work substantiated serious conditions at Phoenix. We identified 1,400 veterans who did not have primary care appointments or a primary care appointment but were appropriately included on the Phoenix EWLs, electronic waiting list. 
We identified an additional 1,700 veterans who were waiting for a primary care appointment but were not on the electronic waiting list. Until that happens, the report wait time for those veterans has not started. So if you're not on the list, your appointment time don't start. So they can't be counted in the records. That's the hook and that's the hook, line and sinker right there, see. Yeah, that sounds like it right there. Yeah, that's it. That's the game. That's the plot. Most importantly, these veterans were were and continue to be at risk of being forgotten or lost by the Phoenix VA healthcare system's convoluted scheduling processes. Convoluted scheduling processes. As a result, these veterans may never obtain a request or required clinical appointment. A direct consequence is not appropriately placing veterans on waiting list. Hmm. A direct consequence is HCS. The leadership significantly understand that new patients, the time new patients waited for their primary care appointment in fiscal year 2013, Performance appraisal cost. Okay, and their performance appraisals, the waiting list wasn't attached to it. The, the ones that were on the list, so that didn't factor in their performance. So they got awards and salary increases. They put the bonuses in here with this. Oh boy, what a racket they have! Yeah, they've got a, a grading system for federal employees, and uh, the grading system is. Uh, uh, I guess you could put down there if you're. Successful at your job and do your job, you get a successful. If you get if you're good at it, you get a foolish successful. And then I think you get an above average and there's an excellent. Each one of them has probably got a certain figure on it that can tell how much money bonus you're gonna get. I'm sure yeah. it does. And they got see and they've got some they can actually get rid of you if 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 you're not even good at it. You know, they can pop you down and drop you out. I remember those very well. There's the same thing, you know. They're very similar with the military using their rating schedule for their ratings. You know, we used to grade on a four-point system. So that, to me, that tells me uh, that what's happened here is uh, make himself look good to get bonus money. Well, uh, bonuses to me is the. Um, Excuse, it's a means uh, that that they were using to do these criminal acts, and they were getting paid for them just as they're if sacrificing they the veteran for that, brother. And robbed it. They're sacrificing the veteran for that, brother. <laughs> but I tell you what, they reviewed a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of stuff for secret waiting list. Well, this is a kind of a mumbo-mumbo, but uh, their recommendations are they recommend the Secretary take immediate action to review and provide appropriate health care to the 1,700 veterans identified as not being on any waiting list. Of course, the new guy's going to have to do that. If I didn't know, Secretary Shinsheki uh, resigned, was it last week? Well, you know, if you're a veteran out there, and you went through these long waiting lists, I would advise you to um, contact the inspector general or somebody uh, so you can make note of it. Because um, when you've had to wait and wait uh, to get tests run, pertinent tests, I mean, you know, 
you could have had uh, beginning stages of cancer. Uh, yeah, and you uh, wait two years, you're dead. That that's true, very yeah. true. And and we have a, you know, cancer seems to plague the uh, veterans community anyway. Especially Vietnam veterans. Yes, <laughs> and uh, if you're one of those who've had to wait months on end, or they run a test and you don't hear from them for uh, six months, uh, I would be uh, raising some cane somewhere. Well, now, my local VA, you know, I don't think they're on the list because, you know, to tell you the truth, I think we got some good people that really care. And once they find out you've got an issue, they jump all over it. Uh, that's true. I go to one, and they—they're very good at the one I'm going you know, to. I like, you know, I go to the VA here. You know, I, I went last week, and uh, of course, I used to work there, so I know a lot of people. You know, when it, uh, uh, my wife worked over there too, so yeah. she's retired now. But you know, that's an issue. You know, they do—they—they—they they, they have really good patient care there. Yeah. You know, and uh, of course, now it's a very large facility, and it doesn't have the population like a Phoenix does or like a. Tampa or St. Petersburg has because who wants to come to Kentucky, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, John, it appears that your smaller VAs or medical facilities are doing much better than the larger ones, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, now they could always add additional personnel. If they don't have enough personnel to properly operate, then they they have the means of securing additional personnel. Let me and, tell you what happens up here. And and from what all we hear, uh, money is not an issue. It, it's all they have to do is say we need additional personnel. Here's what happens here. When the numbers get crunched, in certain like say for example X-rays, MRIs, and stuff. Yeah. The chief of that department puts on clinics and they come in on Saturdays and they work until they get the backlog taken care of. And they're good at that. Then they have uh, if you have a certain amount of time and you're waiting time, then they're authorized to send you out fee basis to be treated. Yes, and uh, all your uh, VA medical facilities have has that option that they can send you out uh, 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 with a voucher. And uh, as a matter of fact, I've used one myself. Uh, because I live so far from a VA, they give me a voucher to go uh, to do a a sleep study. I went over here to the local hospital and, and uh, did my sleep study. I didn't have to drive 250 miles. You know, you need to put a Seabock or something there in Joplin, because Joplin's a pretty good-sized town. It's got a pretty good-sized veteran population. Uh, <clears throat> I've heard rumors that they was going to put one in the neighborhood, and I'm hoping they do, uh, because, uh, see, we have Fayetteville, which is nearly 100 miles, 80 or 90 miles down through there, and it's, a, it's a, quite a drive uh, from Joplin. Uh, I don't think I want to go to Fayetteville from the rumors I've heard about that place. <laughs> yeah, poor Stretch, he, he's stuck there at Fayetteville. I wish he, he was going to a different one. But uh, 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 I go to Muskogee, 
and uh, I used the B, uh, BA uh, uh, out clinic, uh, patient clinic there in Bonita. And mm-hmm. if, if anything important, they they work directly with my doctor, my local doctor here in town. So it all works out quite nicely for me. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, a lot of other veterans don't don't have that type of teamwork, I, I don't believe. Let's get back to the recommendations. You want to? Yeah. So I recommend that the VA Secretary review all existing wait lists at the Phoenix Health Care System to identify veterans who may be at greatest risk because of delay in the delivery of health care. That's veterans who will not be new patients, according to clinics, specific, specialty clinics, and provide uh, the veterans that need the care, the appropriate medical care. Uh, they recommend the VA Secretary initiate a nationwide review on all veterans' waiting lists to ensure that the veterans are being seen given their clinical condition, which should be. That should be, you know. Um, they recommend the Secretary direct the Health Eligibility Center to run a nationwide new enrollee appointment request report by facility of all new enrolled veterans and direct facility leadership to ensure that all veterans have received the appropriate care and are shown on the electronic waiting list. So that's what they said. Uh, <coughs> results and recommendations. Did the Phoenix Health Care System electronic wait list purposely omit the names of veterans waiting for care, and if so, at whose direction? So did they... <coughs> Did they cook the books on the waiting list, and who told them to do it? Well, that'd be their bosses. I think we have Mike in here want to say something. Uh, Stretch, you got something to say? Say about what? <laughs> oh, I'm lost. I'm just, I'm I was just looking at Lou Dobbs. It says, <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, they, they, they do have a sleep study center in Fatville now. So and th- these are good people. Th- those are about the only p- good people left in that place. <laughs> well, you done had your sleep study though. I got to do another one now. Oh. I think I guess I think that might cure my neck condition. It, it might do it. <laughs> Here's what's going to get them, Gerald. You ready? Yeah. Oh. The new enrollee Ooh. appointment request uh, near. They call it, not far, yeah. but near. Track report at the Phoenix Healthcare System listed 1,100 newly enrolled veterans who indicated they wanted a primary care appointment, but as of April 28, 2014, had not received one and were not on the electronic waiting list. That's 1,100 1, people. Well, why weren't they? <laughs> Do they have think? an answer for that one? Well, it's coming. <laughs> Screenshot. Paper printouts represented nearly 400 newly enrolled veterans who called the Phoenix Helpline and requested a primary care appointment. As of two, April 2014, they had not scheduled these guys their primary care appointments or added them to the electronic waiting list. Oh, my. Yeah. Scheduled, oh. appointment, con- scheduled appointment consult represented about 200 veterans referred to primary care, but the consult was still pending. 
These 200 veterans were seen in non-primary care clinics, such as mental health and emergency department, but were referred to primary care. This gets into that one issue where the guy had uh, bladder problems, and he wanted to get an appointment, so he went to the emergency room. Yeah. And they put on there that he needed to see primary care and urology immediately, if not sooner. Well, the guy went home, and he died. He had yeah, bladder cancer. Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. I bought this guy. If I was a lawyer, folks, I'd be knocking on his door. Well, you know, that's one guy they definitely uh, killed. Uh, they, you know, I I think when he went in, he probably had, uh, what they say, uh, he had to wait. I mean, he lived. He went to the emergency room. They put on the list. They, they, <laughs> they actually, you know, they, they put on there what has to be done, and they put it on there. The emergency room doctors did. Yeah. The problem is nobody followed up on it. Well, that's horrible. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's laziness in their, their part, and it's just uh, and somebody turning the laziness into reality, see. With proper treatment, he, he could have lived, uh, you know, and enjoyed They could have took his bladder out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could have fixed him. They got artificial bladders, ain't they? Yeah. So that's a... Uh, Pretty sad, you know. This has happened. I mean, this happened. Yeah, they can put him in a plastic bag. At least he'd still be alive. You know, his cat won't get near him, but he'll still be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, seventeen hundred veterans wait for approximately for appointments prior to being scheduled to the list. Were never captured in any VA wait time date because Phoenix Healthcare staff had not yet scheduled their appointments or added them to the list. <laughs> Until that happens, the report wait time for these veterans had not been had not started. Most important of these veterans were and continue to be at risk of being lost or forgotten in the Phoenix system. As a result, these veterans may never obtain their requested primary care appointment. Yeah. So the new report, Pedro. It hadn't really stopped yet. They ain't got it all squared away. Mm-hmm. Well, asking the questions about uh, the, the screenshots and stuff. Uh, going down here, scheduling a little bit. Uh, the consults. Trying to get to the. They didn't follow the procedures accurately because they made their own. That happens a lot. Scheduling scheme number one. Schedulers go into the scheduling program, find an open appointment, ask the veteran if the appointment will be acceptable, back out back out of the scheduling program, enter the open appointment date as the veteran's desired date of care. This makes the wait time for the patient zero days. You get that? Yeah. That's 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 a scheme. Okay, schedulers at several locations describe the process using the clinic Appointment availability report or similar report to identify individual schedulers who the appointments exceed the 14-day goal. If it exceeds the 14-day goal, they'll probably get their hands slapped. Uh, so they figure ways to cheat the system. You know, they do figure ways to cheat the system. I mean, that's just, if you're an accountant, you get, you know, your shortcuts is what this stuff is. This is all a quality assurance flop right here, people. This is a quality assurance flop. Oh, well, there had to be a certain amount of schooling went into all this. Well, 
somebody invented a way to do this, and next thing you know, hey, look what he's doing. He's getting he's getting exceptionals, and I'm getting foolies out here. And, yeah. yeah well, let's do it this way, and then we all get exceptionals, you know. Yeah, he got him a new bass boat. <laughs> what yeah, do I got? Right. Okay, and multiple schedulers described to us a process they use that essentially overrides, overrides appointments and reduces the reporting wait times. Schedulers make a new appointment on top of an existing appointment on the same date and time. This cancels the existing appointment but does not record a canceled appointment. This action allows the schedulers to override the prior desired date, the appointment create date with a new desired date. My lands, they were working the system good. They were working it hard, buddy. I mean, this way, you know, they give you two appointments in one day, but then one cancels the other one out. So that's less work for them because nobody's going to show up, see. They don't have to do anything. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a veteran who's went in for an appointment and sat there through their appointment, uh, appointment and then had to turn around and go back home and come back another day. Mm-hmm. Now, that's where some of this shenanigans come in. They didn't go just Phoenix. They went into uh, the, the clinics at, in the Phoenix Surprise, Gilbert Payson, Show Lowell Globe, Arizona. Whoa. I, I know one more scheme. You know, you can go in for an appointment, and they can say, well, that appointment was canceled. You called up and canceled it, even though mm-hmm. you didn't cancel So that's one of them they pulled on me. Mm-hmm. Another scheme that's not even in that list is patient dumping. They can, I've got one doctor that uh, sent me against AMA, turned it around to a regular discharge, sent me down to the pharmacy, and then went back in and changed it to against medical advice. And then three days later, he re-entered the system and rewrote the whole thing and said uh, the patient was discharged regularly. This is manipulating the uh, records. <laughs> so that's going to come out. You'll see. Ooh. Let's go back to 2005. How can, 2005. How, can I be discharged? how can I be discharged four days after I've already been discharged? It can't be. <laughs> Let's go to 2005. It says in order to visit outpatient scheduling practices in July 2005, the VA did not follow established procedure and scheduling appointments, resulting in inaccurate wait times and lists. The nationwide electronic wait list could be under could be could be understated by as many as 10,000 veterans. Oh wow! That's nine years ago. Wow. Okay, the accountability report issued in 2006. Uh, the 30-day goal of desired because they wanted to put them in 30 days. They didn't have effective controls. And the goal of 30 days desired date for clinically indicated special procedures within a reasonable time. The OIG recommended the VA monitor and demand non-institutional care. You know what that means? Mm-mm. What's that? Institutional care means if you're institutionalized in the hospital, you're in the hospital. Morris is outpatient stuff. They want to track them. I guess this is one of the issues, too, with the uh, fee basis stuff, see? Oh. It's 2006, okay? <laughs> 2007, 
they wrote the VA up, and only seventy-five percent of appointments met thirty days for the consults. Is that in in uh, Arizona or is that nationally? Nationally. Oh, so it says that, that, uh, that the VA disagrees. The VA will send the patient preference calls to explain differences. Hmm. So that was an excuse, and somebody bought that excuse and swallowed it, I guess. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 2008, they had another blow-up. Big in 2009. They've been on this for a long time, guys. It's just now got to the press, I guess, and now, now it's out there. Yeah. Now it's out there. But they're making some strong... 2013. All <coughs> oh, the stuff's in here. 2010. Yeah, this is big time. It's a very big report. Very big report. Let's see when we get to the conclusion because we're 45 minutes in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shall I do the commercial real quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go ahead and run it, Stretch. You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind, not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me give you our call-in number. It's 347-237-4819. Our call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So if you'd like to give... Uh, uh, the Basser uh, uh, call here during the Basser hour. Feel free to call in. Um, we'd sure like to hear from you. Uh, go ahead, uh, John, there where you was at. Well, just the rest of the report, there's a lot of attachments and stuff on here that we were on time to get into. Uh, it's a very good report. Uh, I believe there's going to be some criminal investigations on this stuff with some folks doing some stuff because people did die. People did die. Yes, they did, and and they died needlessly. And uh, but, you know, I this is don't a... see any justification for that. Um, I would have thought that they would have already had the Justice Department involved. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they haven't. Um, but. Uh, uh, Let's let's hope they uh, they get on the on the ball right away <laughs> before any more of this is covered up. Back in two thousand five, we was at war. Yeah. You know so, but that's all goes into lines too about these long waits at the regional offices too and these claims. You got a lot of veterans dying before the claims are even processed. Yes, we do. And so we... I think I think that's just about as just as serious as this because. A lot of veterans have filed for a service-connected condition. This is not adjudicated. And 
he's having to buy medicines and pay copays and things like that for a condition that should be service connected. Uh, you're absolutely right, and uh, uh, the claims and the appeals uh, side of the VA are just as corrupt as as the uh, medical side of it. Right. The whole system seems to be corrupt. It is corrupt some way. And uh, it's going to take a major overhauling to uh, to. Uh, uh, bring it, bring it out. Well, uh, we look like we have a caller in here, possibly. Uh, 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 caller, uh, uh, do you have a question or a comment? Yeah, this is uh, this is Thomas in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, oh, I'm talking. Yeah, talked to you a while back, and and. Uh, you know this whole thing with this, uh, with your appointments, with not being able to see your doctor. You know that I think that happened to me. I went to the emergency room back in August for chest pains, and I didn't see my doctor until January. You know, um, but uh, I'm still here, so <laughs> I guess it's okay. But um, I, I just one thing that kind of bothers me about this whole deal is that this seems kind of like it's maybe like the first first step in the denial on claims, you know, does does that seem you know, if you don't if you're not treated or diagnosed, you can't file a claim. That's you know, that could be uh that could be taken to uh carry some weight with that statement. You know, that's a pretty good assumption. Yes um, it is. And there's a lot of truth in that. Uh uh because if the VA won't diagnose you uh, how are you going to get a claim resolved? And and not everyone has the means to go out here and get a independent medical uh, IMO or an IME. Uh, so Thomas has a good point there. And uh, 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 that's just one of the things that's been bugging me about the whole thing is you you really can't file a claim. You know you won't have a successful claim. I guess I would say if you don't have any treatment or diagnosis. You know. Kind of, it's kind of like a circle. It's just kind of coming back around. Yeah, you're, they're playing yeah. tennis with you. Yeah, you're just like chasing your tail kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's football. They pass the ball back and forth. He does. Yeah. It goes from one off to the next, you know. Well, and, and I, and I, I just kind of wonder, like, I wonder right now, is this just to take the – I mean, I just kind of wonder what's going to happen to the delay in the – Compensation claims now with this coming up, you know, is is that gonna are, are they gonna knock those out or are they gonna just kind of like forget about them for, you know, you know, you, you got it. They're taking time away from that to look into this, so you know, obviously, something's like being done. But. I think Thomas, the heat's on, so I'm thinking that things are going to improve a little bit right now in the near future right because the things are such a, you know, it's it's such in the open. And I'm sure it's going to have a ripple effect back to the regional offices, but I got a feeling they're going to be in for their own their own little scandal like this here in you know in in, in the near future. Uh, yeah. I believe you need to start worrying when when they go to talk and well, we need to do a study. Um, we need to do a study on this or do a study on that, and of course we all know that. Uh, 
the claims process and the appeals process uh, right now is running hand in hand with the medical end of it, and the medical end being being so um, uh, corrupt right now, uh, the other side yep. is too. So, uh, main thing is try to keep keep maintain your good health. Try to do whatever it takes. If you got to pay outside doctor, then go do it. I'm going to pass out yeah. the best advice I can give anybody right now. I'm going to include you, Thomas. Uh, what area were you in, Thomas? I was in I was in uh, OEF uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. Enduring Freedom. So yeah, you're still so, a pretty young guy. Yeah, yeah, and I've. You know, it's funny, like, I, what they found is, you know, once, I guess one of the good things that's come of this is with all the heat, they, I've got all kind of, I got a bunch of tests done in like two weeks. I couldn't believe it, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, once once uh, once the fire was there, it's, we saw some action going on, you know, here at the VA. So, that's, mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the, you know, if you look at the bright side of this whole deal, things are things are happening on a fast track right now, so that's that's good. Yeah, but it's too bad a, a very bad thing has to cause something like this to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, people shouldn't have to die, or, you know, no veteran should have to die waiting for treatment. I, and I know it's frustrating. You know, you go to the emergency room, and by the time, but you just want to leave, but, you know, eight hours later, you're just ready to leave. You don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's all I was. And I, and I, and I know, like, it's, it's not, I mean, the only thing we could do, like, is make the system better. Hmm. Well, you're, uh, up, you're, you're up in Longmire country, ain't you? <laughs> what, what's that? Longmire country. Oh, yeah. 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 And next to Indian reservations? Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we got some uh, reservations here. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but... Now, do you are you do you actually work yourself, or are you are you a total disabled vet, or what's going on with you? No, no. Well, I, they finally. Um, I had a. I, I remember I talked to you guys back in. Uh, I think it was January. No, February. Um, oh, and they were doing a review of my of my claim, and I finally like I just got word today that they're gonna like give me a hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I mean that's deal. Good. But you know, it kind of seems like that's that's a good that's good. But like when your health is all going to hell, it kind of don't really <laughs> make make that big a difference. You know, I mean, it, it's good. It, I mean, it's I, I'm not complaining. Hey, you got, it is it is what it is. But you got to take the good with the bad. Now you got to yeah. be able to adjust to enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, I just got to use the time, whatever time I got, to and make it count. You know, basically. But. Um, I mean, let me pass out a little bit of advice real quick, and I'll continue real quick. Um, okay. Folks, this goes for everybody. If you have Social Security, Medicare, get Medicare Part B if you can. Do not rely solely on the VA. You can get a supplemental insurance policy to cover anything you've got. And if you need to, get outside the VA to be treated for stuff. Especially if you've got health insurance if you're working like that, you know. I know a lot of guys want to use the VA because they're trying to service next stuff. You can service next something just as good outside the VA, and do not forget that. Yeah. 
though. Go ahead, Thomas. Oh, that's all I was calling for. You know, I appreciate the show, and uh, it's just I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks, you know, and uh, just wanted to call in and give you kind of like. Well, uh, I remember you now. I figured you. I figured you'd get a letter pretty quick. <laughs> it takes, you know, even even once you once you, it all takes time. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, we're talking like four months later, and I'm still, you know, it's, it's just. It's amazing how long everything takes, but no, you got um, the letter today. You say uh, you got the you know letter. What? No, I haven't got the letter yet. I I need benefits. It says, uh, in, it's in the decision approval. You know, so it's mm-hmm. and I got word from my VSO today that it was done. So check your bank account. Keep an eye on it because the money will probably hit for the letter gets there. Yeah, little heads up, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, and I appreciate you guys. You guys doing the show is really uh And when it ha- when it happens and everything's situated, kind of relax a little bit and do what you can do for the family. But you'll probably go through a period of depression for a couple of weeks because now you're going to realize, okay, I'm totally disabled. Okay, yeah. and I'm going to give you a heads up on that because it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's kind of I call it a settling in process. But you do, everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through it. So just hang in there, man. Congratulations on what you on your award. Uh, what is it? You know, for the permanent total award. Yeah, it's there. Uh, it's going back to uh, 2011. P and T. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you got benefits with P and T, don't you? Yeah, I'll have to. Look, yeah, I'll have to look into all that still. Well, go ahead and print it when you, when e-benefits changes. There's, they're going to have you letters on there. Go ahead and print your benefit status letter off, print your ABA, print off your uh, commissary and exchange. You can take it to, you, it'll print off the form, take it over to your local military base, get your ID card for you, the wife, and kids. Uh, you can shop at the exchange and, 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 and the commissaries. Okay. Uh, there's all kind of benefits. You can take that over to uh, the National Park Service and get a recreation pass. <coughs> And just, you know, there's all kinds of benefits involved with being a, you know, and there's tax advantages too. The check with your well, state. I know, uh, I know, uh, I know New Mexico, New Mexico has some pretty good uh-huh. uh, veteran, veterans benefits. You know, I hear you talking about that might, if you can afford it, to move to another state. Well, I know New Mexico is a pretty good one. Well, I bet it's a good one to stay there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I wasn't backing up yet, but, um, uh, but they to get, they have some they offer some good benefits to veterans. Yeah, and if you get a chance, come ahead and lend a hand to other veterans. Uh, uh, you know, we'd like to keep you involved, and we yeah. appreciate you calling into this radio show. We do the best we can. He's on had it pretty good, pretty good, Gerald. Yeah, yeah, well, I, 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 I've been I've been on there quite a bit. Uh, you know, sometimes I kind of just take a break because I just. You know, get kind of frustrated with my own stuff, and well, that's you know, what you do. You don't let it eat you up. Uh, I think I remember. You. Is you got the TBI issue? Yeah, yeah, that's another another deal going on. But remember that? Now. That one's okay. under that one's under appeal. That's not even. Hopefully, it'll get you six percent or more, and you get SMCS out of the deal. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna have like a hundred and over. Over a hundred, like hundred and sixty some. If you get over yeah. hundred sixty, you're gonna have uh, uh, you're gonna get extra money. 
You're not going to get paid on a regular VA scale. You're going to get paid on a special monthly compensation scale, SMCS. Oh, okay. Look that up on. You can look that up on the VA website. Look at the current rates. And uh, how many kids yeah. you have? I have two kids. Okay, look it up for your veteran spouse and one child, and then go down to the bottom and add another kid to it. You know, uh, maybe this is. I don't know if you guys would know this, and this is just something that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. But when you when you first get your first award letter, mm-hmm. and if you file within that year and they increase it. Are they supposed to go, is your effective date to the original file? Should be your original date. But you don't oh, really okay. file. And if you've got an issue on there that you want to disagree with, yeah. it's better to disagree with it let them go through the appeals process. That way it takes it back. But if you file a new claim, it'll go back to the date you filed. Or the date the condition arose, whichever sooner. And usually it's about a year or two years, you know, before. Well, because I, I, I think I, I haven't got my letter. So I, but from what I was told today, it sounds like, they're just going to go back to when they put in for because we have, they, my VSO had put in for IU, uh-huh. and and then and then so well, but we didn't need that because they're just one of my conditions is. I told you you probably wouldn't get IU. You'd probably get a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, well, we got the hundred percent without the IU. Um, well, you don't need but, the IU. Yeah, I don't need the IU. Yeah, you know, so that, that's without it's a, you know without value, but that that there's like a year, you know. That's the only thing. You know, I don't even know how I. You can uh, NOD any effective date you want. Oh, okay. Okay, you can nod anything you want. Just get the letter and read it when you get it. And if it did post on had it, and people help you. Okay, yeah, I'll check that out. And I, but I, I appreciate everything you guys do. You know, this is a. I look forward to hearing the show, and you know, um, and this has been. I know for me, this has been with the with the whole going to the emergency room, senior primary, all those delays. I've been doing with that, and mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing when you hear. And you know, and they're now. I guess all the VAs are kind of going through and finding here at the Albuquerque VA they had. What's your What was your What's your previous rating? Uh, I, I was ni- I was eighty, and then they jumped me up to ninety, okay. and then we did that uh, the decision review or the the um, reconsideration. I think. Yeah, and that's when they changed it. Well, they should. You did it right. Congratulations. Well, I I just I just uh, you know. My VSO, I, you know, I, I don't really want to take all, you know, any credit for it. the VSO did most of it. So <laughs> that's a a good thing. It's a, kind of a rare thing, but it's a good thing. <laughs> well, you, you know, know, yeah, you know I, I, I some things, sometimes things, sometimes things seem like they happen. You just get lucky, you know, and sometimes they don't. This this VSO helped me out a lot, so mm-hmm. I can't no complaints, but. I'm going to get off. I'll let you guys go, and I appreciate the show. Thanks for calling, Thomas. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Thomas. Well, uh, folks, we'll have to end the show on that note. we got to call in. That's a good thing. Uh, we're totally out of time now, but um, uh, I want to thank Gerald for coming on and uh, helping us out and helping us field some of these questions and going over this big report. <laughs> 
I think we got a lot accomplished tonight. I think we informed people and uh, you know of actually what's going on. I still want to get my hands on those forty two places, those forty two VAs that's under investigation. And yeah, hopefully someone will find it. If you find anybody finds it, put it on had it. Just we'll copy a link to it. Yeah, be sure to do that because we'd like to know. I mean, we know we're all over the country, so. That's right. And there's probably uh, a few more. I'm yeah. sure more gets added to the list. That's right. That's right. Well, that's spoken, guys. I have to say it's been another good show, and uh, we'll uh, do it again here next week. And we uh, even had some good news. John Thomas uh, won his, yeah. his uh, award, and deservingly so. You know, at TBIU is it's pretty serious stuff. That's a good thing, but i got news for you. If you get 100% over top of TBIU, that's, a, that, that's the difference between getting a bunt base hit and a grand slam home run. Yeah, he, he did really well. There's a permanent uh, total. No future exams. Uh, let, let's hope they don't mess with him ever. Mm-hmm. I guess he can join the artist club now. <laughs> well, uh, by golly, uh, you know, I'm right. sure he deserved it. Anybody that went through that kind of stuff uh, deserves it. Well, folks, stay tuned next week. Uh, we'll have a show Wednesday. We haven't got our guests lined out yet, but we're going to have Dr. Bash and John Dorley on on the regular show here pretty soon, and uh, and they want to touch up on this issue, and Dr. Bash has got some good ideas, so stay tuned to that one. And uh, with that, this will be Jay Basher with Gerald Cook, and we'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show. Okay. <laughs>